As we prepare to celebrate the festival of Pentecost tomorrow, I want to reflect on what an Old Testament character named Moses has to teach us today. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here. Thanks for spending a little time with me today. Uh, tomorrow, I mentioned in the last episode, is Pentecost Sunday, so it's 50 days after Easter. Um, and in the last episode, we talked about how, among other things, Pentecost is a reminder that God calls each of us on an adventure, on a quest, on a, a grand uh, mission in our life. And I was visiting with a dear friend uh, last week, actually, who is taking a big risk in his life. I think it's actually connected to his faith. He's sort of pivoting in his professional life and uh, thinking about where God is calling him next. And that got me thinking about the story of someone really important in my own uh, journey who I haven't thought about a lot recently, but that conversation with this friend got us talking about it. And it struck me that in the context of this language of adventure or quest or uh, responding to God's call, I might share that with you today for this episode. And the person I'm thinking about is the very famous Old Testament character of Moses. I will say, by the way, there's a really, really good, in my opinion, movie about Moses called The Prince of Egypt. Uh, let's see, I think it went came out in 1998, so it's getting to be quite old. <clears throat> it's an animated feature. Uh, produced by DreamWorks, I think. But it does a really, actually, credible job of telling Moses' story. It's called Prince of Egypt because you may remember Moses um, was raised in the royal household of Egypt. Um, he ended up, as a young man, killing someone who was abusing the Hebrew slaves who were doing these big construction projects in Egypt. And then he fled uh, Egypt. Why? Because he was wanted for that murder. So he, he fled to a place called Midian. And he had a good life. He married a woman. He had children. And that is decades later <clears throat> where God comes to him in the burning bush and says, oh, by the way, Moses, this is again, remind, remember, we're talking about being called on a mission, right? God says, Moses, I have a little thing I want you to do. Uh, in the midst of your peaceful, comfortable, good life. Um, I, if you wouldn't mind, could you just go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, uh, to let my people go? And you could, it's actually a very humorous uh, back and forth, both in the Bible and in the, the movie, Prince of Egypt. But Moses is saying to God, yeah, I think you got the wrong guy, God. Not sure that's really what I want to do right now with my life. And by the way, they want to kill me back there. Do you remember that little problem about the murder? Anyway, uh, he does, as you know, go back to Egypt. Um, he begins to ask Pharaoh to let Pharaoh, uh, or have Pharaoh let the Hebrew people go. You will understand that Pharaoh is not particularly inclined to do that. And so not one or two or three or four, but ten plagues later, Pharaoh finally gives in and says, okay, you've exhausted me, Moses, you and your God, I'm going to let your people go. And Moses famously begins leading the Hebrew people out of Egypt, out of slavery, to the promised land. Okay, That's sort of the main thrust of the story. 
The part of the story, though, that has always been particularly powerful for me comes just after Pharaoh uh, gives Moses permission to leave with, with God's people. Um, this is not in the Bible, by the way. This is in the sort of Jewish commentaries, or some of them. And so what happens is, um, you'll remember the story of the parting of the Red Sea, right? So Moses leads the people, uh, the Hebrew people, out of Egypt, and they're all thrilled to be leaving. <clears throat> And they start coming up on the Red Sea. And it's at this point that Pharaoh has changed his mind and decides, no, I'm not going to let these people go after all. I'm going to go hunt them down and kill them all. So the Hebrew people start seeing the charioteers of the Egyptian army hunt them down. And Moses sees this happening and he realizes that the Red Sea is on the other side of him and they're going to be trapped. And he says uh, to God, understandably, God, um, you know, you brought us all this way. We need a little help. Silence. Moses says again, God, you called me out of Midian. I didn't want to come here. We've gone through all the plagues. Um, you don't want to let us be killed and slaughtered now after all that we've been through. Please help. Silence. A third time, Moses is begging now, God, please, I don't want to die. I don't want your people to die. Help us. Do something. Silence. And as the story goes, it's at this point that Moses says, fine, I'll do it myself. And he takes his staff, which has brought him through those ten plagues, and he takes a step into the Red Sea. And by tradition, it's at that point, when he puts his foot in the Red Sea, that the waters part. And he's finally able to lead the people of Israel, or the Hebrew people, uh, towards freedom. I love that story because, again, it's a reminder that we bear responsibility for accomplishing God's purposes in the world. We can't leave it to God alone. Another way of saying it is that God meets us on the far side of risk, right? So God says, I have something for you to do. I have a quest, I have an adventure, I have a mission, and it's our job to accept that quest, to accept that call, to accept that mission, and go out in faith trusting that after we've taken the first step, not before, but after we've taken the first step, God will meet us, and God will guide us, and God will bring us safely home. I hope that among other things, tomorrow's celebration of Pentecost, will remind us of that call that God has on our life and that we will have the courage to step out in faith. Thanks as always for being with me. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.